0: Welcome back in, Brady Farkas' show right here on a Tuesday on WDEV, AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. We're still reacting to the Patriots' 27-17 loss to the Colts on Saturday night. Okay, I'm off the Mac Jones interview media topic. Let's get to some game stuff with the team as well. The voice of the Patriots right here on DEV always is Bob Sosie. He's with us now. Bob, how are you? I'm good, Brady,
1: and uh, it is time to move on to Buffalo. Yeah. Yes, yeah, time for, at at do... least for the Patriots. I know you and I have to dissect a little bit on Saturday night of the Patriots and the Colts.
0: Yeah, you know what? This is a question we asked all day yesterday. It was the overarching question of our show yesterday and bringing it to you. What you saw Saturday night, does it change your opinion of the Patriots in any way? Well, I think it, I th- I think it reintroduces
1: some things we were concerned about early in the year. Yet at the same time, I still have, a lot of confidence that the Patriots are going to bounce back and play well Sunday versus the Bills. Now how well they play could be contingent on who's available and who isn't, which we'll probably get into concerning injuries as well as, you know, the COVID situation with the team having placed several players, including Kendrick Bourne on the reserve COVID list on Monday. But I think that you go back to some of the mistakes they made in the first four to six games when they were two and four. Well, they rear their ugly heads again, including a critical breakdown in punt protection, a third block punt. This one recovered for a touchdown that really put them in in, an insurmountable hole as it turned out. This is a team that had only three block punts allowed from 2012 through 2020. Uh, The mistakes with uh, penalties, second and one from the 13, false start a goal to go from the one, false start, which forces them to kick a field goal, and offsides on a missed 46-yard field goal try by Indianapolis from a player who's on the team only as a special teamer, and then with the re-kick, the Colts get three points. So we're talking about a lot of, uh, of points that were accounted for by Patriot mistakes. On the flip side of that, though, I think some of those mistakes were the byproduct of you know, whether it was the Patriots' lack of preparation last week and there was talk of low energy in practice and, and a lack of proper focus for practice. And I think that's part of it. But I also think it was the speed of Indianapolis defensively. I think it was the matchup. I think it was the way the Colts came out. Uh, Frank Reich told the CBS crew that this was a game that his team absolutely must have. And in talking to the Colts color commentator, former NFL assistant coach Rick Venturi, he said to me before the game off air, it, uh, this game was a lot more important to the Colts than it was to the Patriots. And it looked like early on the two teams had that approach. Yeah. that's can even afford to have that approach.
0: You mentioned Mac Jones' comments on practice, right? Low energy in practice. Okay. I heard Ted Johnson last night on um, NBC Sports Boston say that that was, you know, basically, shut up, rookie, you don't say that. I heard Ty Law say on um, another station in the marketplace in Boston that that was a dumb rookie thing to say. I took it as Mac Jones is the accepted leader of this team and is the quarterback. I have no problem with him saying that. What did you make of kind of the backlash against those comments from former players?
1: Well, two things. I, well, number one, I had no problem with it because he said it starts with me. And mm-hmm. he put himself in there first and foremost with every comment that he made. And Josh McDaniels today, I asked him about how important that is for a quarterback and how closely he has to look at that as you know a coach prospecting quarterbacks in the draft process. And, uh, you know, he made it clear that, look, no quarterback is perfect on a Sunday in the NFL. And he said, but the, the most important thing is they look inward at themselves and they're encouraging for their teammates. And I've heard too many current Patriot players say things like Matthew Slater, great leader of men, uh, Trent Brown talking about on more than one occasion, how Mac kept the offense, kept the the players accountable on the practice field. He told a story early on in training camp when Mac really won his teammates over because he told the team to run a play that they did not execute well in practice and run it again before the coaches had to do that. But also I think more importantly, Brady is what some of his teammates had to say after Mac Jones. Listen to what Matt Slater said on the podium, same podium, same place Indianapolis after the game, Devin McCourty, David Andrews, uh, this time of the year, can't have eight penalties, two turnovers from Andrews. Uh, Matthew Slater talking about the effort being unacceptable. Uh, Devin McCourty saying, we'll get beat if we play like that, looking ahead to the coming weeks. So to me, those guys, as the unquestioned leaders of the team, substantiated what the quarterback who is supposed to be a leader and is supposed to establish that bar of accountability said. And again, I had no problem with it because he pointed to himself
0: first. Bob Soce, voice of the Patriots, with us here on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM and FM and WDEV Patriots Bills, 1 o'clock Sunday. We're going to have the uh, kickoff at 1, the pregame show at 10 a.m. Look, I get everyone's in the league office's infatuation with Dallas, but how that game is not flexed Sunday night, I, I just... I'm besides myself. I was besides myself a week ago. Dallas and Washington is a historic rivalry. I understand that. But that game physically could not mean anything in the NFC East race. This one had a chance to, and it ends up being that way. I'm happy for you. You get to go to bed earlier, but that should be the night game.
1: (laughs) Brady. when I saw your tweet, my first thought was, you know, I I – I totally disagree because I like the one (laughs) of the early games (laughs) for that very reason. But I I think it's, you know, it's it's interesting. I don't know how much sway, for example, CBS had in in making that game stay where it was. Hmm. And also the possibility, I think, that when the NFL looks down the road, they just moved the Patriots to the Saturday night slot the week before to play the Colts. There's the possibility still that the Dolphins game could be flexed out of its current time slot, depending uh, upon the implications of that game. And I don't know how much that factors in. You, you know the Cowboys are going to draw a huge rating. Uh, that game traditionally does. Uh, there are still NFC East implications for the Cowboys, number one seed implications for that game in the NFC. So I can understand on several levels you know, why the NFL made the decision it did. Whether NBC did or did not want that Cowboys Washington game moved out of that spot and wanted the Patriots and Bills elevated into it, I don't know. But I can understand both sides of it. I, I certainly think you know the Patriots Bills game is is where the AFC East will be decided for the most part. I mean, I still don't think you can discount Miami when it comes to the Patriots if they if they don't win this game, or even if they do win this game. Uh, you know, the final couple of weeks of the year.
0: How does the Christmas holiday affect things? It's a weird week for everybody, I'm sure. Patriots have an extra day, obviously, to prepare by having played on Saturday. How does the holiday week affect things going into this big game?
1: I don't know that it really has an impact uh, on the two teams, particularly with Christmas being on Saturday, because I think that you know the thing that the teams will do is, is have their walkthroughs uh, probably early Saturday, and uh, you know, then for the Bills, they have to travel on Christmas Day. But a lot of these guys, you know, the thing about so many of these players, they've been accustomed to having holidays precede pivotal games and traveling on holidays, going back to their college careers. You know, for a lot of these guys, you know, they've been accustomed to playing uh, before right after Christmas, before right after new year. So I don't know that it really has that much Mm -hmm. of an impact, but I think the fact that it's on a Saturday, as opposed to, for example, Thanksgiving being on a Thursday, it really doesn't disrupt the preparation too much. I think the, the, the holiday right now that you know is causing some problems for teams. It seems to me, just looking at it anecdotally, without any you know, scientific data yet to really back it up, is, is Thanksgiving, and, and also for the Patriots to buy, and, and for other teams. You know, when you scatter and you travel, or when you have family that comes in for the holidays, you know what we've seen is this spike, in addition, you know, coinciding with uh, the uh, uh, Omicron variant. And, and uh, the number of COVID positives in the NFL, uh, each day it seems like there's a new high, three games postponed last week. And again, you know, the, the, the confluence of all those factors, I think, uh, you know, is really important right now in, in terms of who has been unavailable, who is unavailable, and who may be unavailable for respective NFL teams, you know, for the next week or two.
0: Kendrick Bourne on the COVID list yesterday. Multiple Patriots players put on the COVID list, not to minimize any of their cases. Bourne is the most impactful from an on-field standpoint. We also know that Nelson Aguilar and Nikhil Harry dealing with those hits from Saturday night where they got hit late there. Um, what's the prognosis on them? Are they getting tested, independent neurologist. What are we looking at with with uh, Harry and Aguilar? Yeah, they
1: go into the NFL's protocol, their concussion protocol, and there's a certain baseline Uh, that they'll have to meet before they'll be allowed to uh, even step onto the field. And then when they do that, they'll have to go through various steps, various testing uh, to uh, ensure that uh, they're uh, at a point where they can return. Uh, So it's up to the medical team. And uh, there are guidelines, baselines that are in place that the NFL has. And, you know, with both of those guys, they, uh, you know, certainly are at risk. I think in Harry's case, you know, it looked like he came up limping as well I don't know about the status of his injury we won't really know until Wednesday when the practice report the first practice report comes out uh, with Aguilar, certainly it was it was obvious right away as he you know was hit and he got up with a helmet in hand and went off to the sideline immediately uh, that he was headed into the concussion protocol and was was ruled out with a head injury uh, so it remains to be seen even if Harry were to clear the concussion protocols. I don't know if there's another injury there on that particular play with him at this point in time.
0: Bob, I hope Santa is good to you and yours. I hope you have a great holiday, and we will talk to you in seven days.
1: All right, Brady, thank you.